and the glory, honor, and praise. Some of that he's going to give us today. Amen. Amen. Elder C, right for you, those on Zoom, this is our pastor. Revelations called him a, a candlestick. Amen. He's a shepherd in John the 10th chapter. Amen. Doing God's business. This is our pastor. His name, none other than Jerry C. Right. And this way, introduce to some and present to others. Amen. Our pastor. Amen. Elder Jerry. if you have them, to uh, Romans, the eighth chapter, the eighth chapter of Romans. And we'll cover, we'll try to cover verses um, 18 through 27. I don't know if I'll be able to cover all of that today, but that's what we're going to try to do. Romans, eighth chapter, verses 18 through 27. And I'm going to read that. Uh, for you now, and uh, you can follow along silently. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruit of the even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope, we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. In the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Father, we come once again, Lord, uh, just from a great passage from your word. And Lord, we ask on today that we hear from you, Lord. We ask that you encourage your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Just a few um, housekeeping things before I uh, start. Uh, as you know, next week, uh, we will have uh, the church meeting. I'm, I'm asking that everyone um, is there. Everyone, it's not next week, it's the week after, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, so we're asking once again for everyone to, to be there. Uh, it's, it's on my mind so much that I'm thinking it's next week. So I'm just asking that you all uh, make sure that you show up there. Uh, uh, show up with your concerns, show up with your questions. I'm asking that you all really participate in this meeting. I'm not asking that this is a meeting that you'll be talked at, but we talk uh, and discuss um, uh, what's going on with the church, what state it's in, you know, what help we need, um, you know, the uh, highs and the lows of all this, uh, this COVID and pandemic, how we've gone through that. We got so many updates to, uh, to update you on. So I'm just asking that you're there. And once again, that you uh, come to participate. I'm also asking for all those who are interested in uh, the media, uh, that is the, the social media aspect uh, uh, of the church, uh, that includes the website and all that, and uh, also the sound system. Uh, we're asking all those who are currently involved and those who are interested in being involved, we're asking that you um, meet with me via Zoom this Wednesday at seven o'clock. We just wanna discuss that and see how, uh, how we can shore up some things, how we can improve upon uh, things. Um, and um, um, so once again, that's Wednesday seven via Zoom. I think uh, a uh, Clearstream notification went out on that. so. You'll see the link to that meeting um, there. Uh, we also have some uh, um, other things to discuss uh, in terms of the music department and I'll circle back around at a later time for that because we want to also shore up uh, the music department as well. So uh, there's a lot of things going on, going on uh, coming up. And to be honest, uh, we need to move forward, uh, uh, no delays. No hesitation, we need to move forward, amen? All right, let's get to the word on today. Word on today comes from uh, Romans, the eighth chapter. And actually this is the text of our Sunday school lesson. I believe it's the eighth, eighth Sunday school lesson for um, this quarter. And uh, like I stated, we're studying from Romans, which is a, a great book. So um, let's get into it. So Romans, the eighth chapter. You know, I remember uh, for Jalen's first uh, birthday, um, Karen and I rented a Barney the Purple Dinosaur costume. And uh, the plan was for me to, to wear this costume. So uh, we uh, sent out invitations with that Barney theme um, inviting uh, folks to bring their babies to come. And uh, we knew that it was going to be a big hit because that purple dinosaur at the time was the hottest thing going on. 
So we just knew that Barney was going to be like the, the, the light of the show, the star of the show. So, so finally the birthday party day came and I manned that suit, I put that suit on and the thing that we uh, didn't factor in was a very important factor. At that time, I was probably about like six foot, 155 pounds. Barney, I don't know how tall Barney was, but I know he looked like about 300 pounds on TV. So I ended up putting that thing on and I got pillows and, and tried to stuff you know, in places and, and, and try to fill up that thing. So uh, we, <laughs> my, my brother-in-law, he was there helping me because you couldn't see that well out of this costume. So he was guiding me on like, you know, like, uh, you know, cause I was practically blind almost. And uh, we had an apartment and we were in an apartment complex and the, the party was at the clubhouse and it was a, a few hundred feet away from our uh, apartment. So he was guiding me along. The closer I got to the, uh, to the party spot, uh, all of a sudden a kid approaches me and a little kid approached me. So all of a sudden automatically, I just go into Barney mode. I done practiced the voice and stuff and I, so I was like I love you you love me you know I had it going on at the time and the kid looked at me and said you ain't no Barney <laughs> <laughs> needless to say I was a I was a slightly disappointed anorexic Barney <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't feel that suit up for nothing. So the, 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 the point of the story is that the, the, the kid was anticipating Barney and he was greatly disappointed, <laughs> greatly disappointed. But we, we have a hope that does not disappoint. And that's what we are told in Romans the fifth chapter that we have a hope that does not disappoint. And in fact, the first, first John, the third chapter, verse two says this, beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. The Bible does not give us much detail as to what we will be like, but it does wet our wisp. <laughs> and, and it tells us that we will be like him. Just telling me that I will be like him is encouraging. Just telling me like that I will be like my God helps me to run on. And, and that is a hope that will not disappoint. But Paul understood that we have a life to live down here on earth. So he uses Romans, the eighth chapter, to tell us that our path, our path is really one from suffering to glory from death to life, but we will be aided by the Holy Spirit all along the way. 
Therefore, he tells us to remain encouraged, be encouraged. And it's just like the title of the message today, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I was reading MacArthur as to what he had to say about this eighth chapter. And MacArthur says that the eighth chapter of Romans is really about the work of the Holy Spirit. He tells us from the beginning of that chapter on, it's about the Holy Spirit. He says from verses two to three, it tells how the Holy Spirit freed us from sin and death. Verse four, it tells us that the Holy Spirit enables us to fulfill God's law. Verses five through 11, the Holy Spirit changed our nature. Then in verses 12 through 13, he empowered us for victory. And then in verses 14 through 16, the Spirit confirms our adoption. We know that we are in God's family. And then now Paul tells us today in today's text that our glorification will be sure. Our glorification will be guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we have a lot to be encouraged about. We have a hope that will not disappoint. So we we need to stop looking at the Holy Spirit as if he is the eighth beetle. You know, from, from the Beatles, there was only what, four, but we think he's like extra. You know, instead of uh, four tops, he's the fifth top. The Holy Spirit is God. Our God is triune, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is God. He's not an it. He is God, and he's there to aid us all along the way. Amen? All throughout this pilgrim journey, he is there to aid us and guide us through. Today's scripture, in fact, I kind of put it in three categories. One, I want us to ponder that now in this season, I put it this way, it's a seasoning of the season. (laughs) It's a seasoning of the season. And I'll explain that later on as we go. It's, a, it's the seasoning of our seasons. The next thought is that it's more like a shower, like a baby shower, than it is a funeral. And then the third one is, is how we need to struggle on. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle, but we need to struggle on. So stay on the struggle bus. Amen. So, so seasoning of our seasons versus 18 through 21, it it tells us in this chapter, it pretty much confirms that we will suffer. We will suffer. And it should not be a surprise to us that we will suffer. Matter of fact, in John, the 15th chapter, verse 20, Jesus said, remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you right? If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Second Timothy 3 and 12 says this, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. They will suffer. It shouldn't be a surprise to us, right? 
And, and, and Paul still exclaims, he still rejoices in this 18th verse because he says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Paul is saying, whatever suffering you go through, it's transient, it's temporary, but the glory that awaits us is eternal. I don't know why it is easy for us to put emphasis on temporary things and make them look more important than eternal things. We build our hopes on things eternal as we hold on to God's unchanging hand. We can't hold on to these temporary fleeting things down here. We build our hope on things eternal. Our minds just have this way of just just putting emphasis on temporary things. But we need to shift our emphasis and understand that eternal things are eternal things are what we need to emphasize. Even right now counts forever. Amen. So that's how we need to do it. And Paul says, I wish you could see that which I see, right? Because present, this present experience is, is comparatively minimal to what we will come to, what we will receive. Amen. The glory that awaits us, it'll make like it'll make this situation seem like a drop in the bucket. And, and Paul said this because he was qualified to say this in 2 Corinthians, right? The 11th chapter, you remember verses 24 through 28. He says this as he, he read off his experience for Christ. He says, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. He was beat. He was beat severely, right? Five times. He says, three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have spent in the deep, floating in the sea. I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from the rivers, dangers from the robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Paul knew what he was talking about here. And he even goes on and encourages himself and us in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 17. He says, for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond our comparison. He is telling us that it is nothing. We can't even compare what we're going through now with what we will receive. Amen. We can't even compare. But Paul goes on to say, let's widen our scope a bit, right? Let's widen our scope a bit and understand that we're not the only ones suffering, but creation is suffering as well. 
right? He says, for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Paul starts with an example. He, he, he pretty much personifies creation. He says, let's, let's look at creation as if it's a person, right? And when he looks at it that way, he says creation, meaning creation, by the way, meaning not only the earth, but all the animals as well. So it's inanimate objects as well as animate objects, right? Any insects, animals, bugs, whatever you want to say, plants, all creation. And he says, all creation is awaiting what's in store for us. Because see, when God redeems us completely, then all of a sudden creation can rejoice as well. Amen. And that's what he's saying. He's going back to Genesis, the third chapter, verses 17 through 19. And he's connecting this also with Romans 1 and 20. And he says that we're going to connect this whole creation story together. And, and, and here's, the, here's, here's a, a, a great difference here. Creation knew what it felt like to be perfect because God created it perfectly. But then all of a sudden it was altered, right? By, by man's decision, right? Adam and Eve made a decision to sin and then all of a sudden, boom, creation fell as well. So Paul said, we're linked together. Creation and us, we're linked together awaiting for that day when we are redeemed, amen? When we are all redeemed. Creation and man are linked together in a fallen state. Here it is though. If you look at creation as, as if it's a person, creation is like, like on its tippy toes, just, just waiting and waiting and anticipating what will happen to us. Because once again, when we're right, it will be set right as well. Amen. But in the meantime, what's interesting is that these hurricanes and these, and these tornadoes and earthquakes and tsunamis, all these are signs of the earth and creation just moaning, moaning in pain, waiting for this day of redemption waiting for this day of redemption. And you know, it, it reminded me because see, we have a responsibility with God's creation. We need to be good stewards of God's creation. I was driving along not too long ago and, and I was following this car down a side street. And as I followed this car, all of a sudden, uh, you know, the window, the window, the driver's side of the car, it, it was let down. And all of a sudden I saw McDonald bags just flying out. And then I saw other trash just flying out as it cruised along. And, and, and it was just littering and just, just throwing its trash on the street. See, we can't be like that. We got to understand that we have to be good stewards of God's creation. We have to be good stewards of God's creation. Amen. And, and, and once again, emphasizing again, uh, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 17, for momentarily. Light affliction is producing for us an eternal 
weight of glory, far beyond all comparison, far beyond all comparison. Have you ever been called over to the pot? Have you ever been called over to the pot? And, 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 and or, or the dish that is being made and it's being prepared. And then the, 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 the chef asks you, you know, man, taste, taste this, see, see what it needs. Pepper, garlic, laurie seasoning sauce, or just salt or Italian herbs or, or maybe basil or sugar, nutmeg. What, what, what is it missing? What, what, what is it missing? And, 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 and they just, they, they add a little here and add a little there. And then at some point you just say, yeah, okay, there, there you go. That's it, there you go. In, in a similar way, right? God is seasoning our seasons. In a similar way, God is seasoning our seasons. Onions for, for those tears that you cry, right? For those peppers, you know, you're sneezing at times. So your body sometimes is ill and it's, it's, it doesn't feel uh, that well. Or sugar for those high moments in life, right? Those high moments of rejoicing and then sought to preserve you from danger seen and unseen, right? He's, he's, he's seasoning your seasons and you don't realize that he's seasoning your life. And, and there are moments where he, he lifts the pot, right? And, and then he gives you a whiff of what he's or what he's preparing in your life. And he's just saying, just smell this. And then at some point he gets this ladle, right? And he just says, here, here, here. And then he talks in the third person. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Because what he is doing is he's seasoning your life, right? He's seasoning your life. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him, in him. First Corinthians 13 and 12 says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but when I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. See, right now, we don't understand this seasoning of seasons, right? Sometimes we go through things and we don't know why we are going through them, but we will understand it better by and by, right? That's what the old hymnal says. By and by, when the morning comes, right, we will understand it better by and by. So when you know God is the head chef, right? And you know he's cooking up something that will be tasty, right? And you know that he will offer it to you. We know that it will be good, right? So, so when we know that it's good, we can be like creation. We can wait on our tippy toes and we just wait because we know that the full course is coming and we just can't wait until we are able to feast at the table like him. We know that this too will pass and the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come, y'all. 
And it's so interesting because, see, when we, we, we go through our lives and God just just seasons us and we don't quite understand why. See, sometimes he gives us some time. He seasons with time. See, and I'm just playing with words right now. It's because time, the seasoning, right? Right? T-H-Y, right? He gives us some time, right? And he seasons us with that. But, but he knows that, that if you know anything about cooking, uh, time goes well with lambs, <laughs> right? And we are his sheep, right? And, and he knows that sometimes we just need some T-I-M-E, right? To, to mature, to, 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 to get right, to get together, to, to, to be more like him. See, sometimes we don't know why he's seasoning us like he is, but we will understand it better by and by. And we can anticipate, we can wait because there will be a feast going on. And, and when you know that it's good, I can recall the kids sometime being at the table and they're just waiting and they're dancing and they're shaking because they know that the food is almost done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mama's almost done with the spaghetti. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're gonna eat, eat, eat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're just rejoicing at the table. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they just can't wait. See, because they know mama's spaghetti is good to them. And they just can't wait until they get a, a plate of that food and a plate of that spaghetti and they'll just be eating and oh my goodness, it's going to be so good. Just think about all the, the rejoicing that's going on in their head about the spaghetti just going down their throat to their bellies and they're going to be full and they're going to lick their fingers and they, oh my goodness, they're not like anticipating a bad meal. They're not, they're not anticipating something that is awful, but we know, see, because God has already given us a taste, we know that it's going to be good. Therefore, we can be hopeful. We can be hopeful. And I'll park it there because I'll go on next time to talk about this hope that we have, right? But in the meantime, understand this. God sometimes, you know, he, he's, he's, he's right now, in fact, he's seasoning our seasons. And he's putting it together and he's cooking up something and he's making up something and he's making and making a life. Amen. He, he's guiding this life along through the Holy Spirit. He's guiding this life along. And he's giving us what, us, what we need to make it through this life to make it through this life. But in order to be guided by the Holy Spirit, you gotta have a relationship with him. You got to know him for yourself. You, 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 you can't go on mama and daddy's relationship. You have to have a relationship of your own, of your own. And, and, and that's why this moment is so crucial because you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do with this Jesus? What am I going to do with this Jesus? Am I going to serve him? Am I going to obey him? Will he be not only my savior, but will he also be my Lord? See, see some people don't mind saying he's my savior, but their lives, the lives that they live, show that he's not their Lord. He's got to be your Savior and your Lord. And we're asking you today to consider that seriously 
what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? And I always say, choose ye this day who you will serve. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Because if you are a child of God, you're waiting. He's seasoning your season right now, but you're waiting for that greater day. And you got uh, hope that, 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 is, that, that just can't wait. It's on his tippy toes because you know better is coming. Amen. You know better is coming. And, and I'll say this last thing. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us through. If you know him, you, you have the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it's not as if we have just partial, just a piece of the Holy Spirit. No, we have the Holy Spirit. See, this redemption that we await for has to do with our bodies. <laughs> We're going to get glorified bodies. But in the meantime, we have a deposit, a guarantee that the body is coming. And what's that guarantee? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That's what we have. So I want you all to be encouraged by that as well. And as I stated, if you don't know him, choose ye this day who you will serve. There'll be those that are waiting here, standing here at the end of dismissal to uh, guide you through pray for you, counsel you. And for those who are out on Zoom land, I ask that you reach us. Our contact information is uh, posted. And he don't hesitate to, uh, to reach us. Amen. God bless you all. I'll finish this up uh, next week.